What's up, guys, and welcome to the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, the Sports Ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Orlick. Hey, listeners, please take a moment to follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Give them a follow now. So, guys, really special episode today. We've got Ricky Goodman here talking all things Warriors. We're going to be talking about this first round matchup with the Denver Nuggets, the importance of Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, a little bit of behind the scenes insider um, perspective around the James Wiseman situation, Steve Kerr and his rotations, and a whole lot more. So, Really appreciate you guys tuning in, and without any further ado, let's get right into it. Sam! Hey, Ricky, how's it going, man? Good, how are you? Glad we got to hook up. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, I'm about to go watch some AAU basketball, my first event since COVID, so I'm kind of excited to go see all the guys and get out and talk some hoops. But I wanted to squeeze you in real quick. Hell yeah. Yeah, I saw um, your posting about being kind of like in Seal Beach, Low Sal area. I'm actually in Long Beach, so yeah, it's saw, like just I in my that. neighborhood. You know, Long Beach, it's, it's funny you say that. Living in Oakland, Long Beach is almost an identical city to Oakland in, yeah. terms, of, in terms of all the minorities. Nobody's a majority. You got your good spots, your bad spots. It's it's. I tell people that all the time. When I'm in Long Beach, I'm, I feel like I'm in Oakland. You're spot on, man. So I was uh, born in San Francisco. I grew up in Lafayette. I went to Cal State Long Beach, lived down here for five or six years, moved back up. I lived in Oakland for five or six years. And then we got a dog and we were living in an apartment. It just wasn't working out. And it's so hard to find places to live in Oakland and ended up finding a house down here. So um, it's a cool place to live, California and uh, Oakland, Long Beach. Okay, fire away. Yeah, man. So Warriors looking pretty good through three games. I mean, Denver's pretty uh, undermanned, you know, from a talent perspective. You know, finally game three, we saw some um, some energy, some intensity from from the Denver Nuggets. I mean, the first two games, they just seemed like soft, like complaining at foul calls, not looking to play hard. Aaron Gordon just like disappearing. Um, no supporting cast for Jokic. So um you know warriors you know denver pushed them to push them a little bit harder than uh you know maybe it would have liked to see but it was great to see the warriors take care of business here um some interesting things that that i think stood out for me looking at the box score you know gary payton the second and Otto porter jr had uh led the team in plus minus um 10 for payton and uh 16 for porter jr so i've been loving seeing what those guys have been doing off the bench okay um, Peyton, Peyton was big yesterday, actually. You know, and Porter, you know, Porter didn't make shots yesterday, but Porter had a few winning plays. I, I, I think you're pretty spot on with those guys, you know. And Iggy had some good minutes, which was surprising. Yeah, I mean, with the uh, with what Poole, Curry, and Thompson are doing on offense, you don't really need guys, you don't really need that much offensively as far as like hitting shots I'm from you everyone else but you let, need everything start. else right yeah let's get let's, into that let's start with that right there 
Cool, uh, pool, Clay, Steph, 80 points, 48 shots. That's a pretty good percentage. High percentage. Yeah, on, on insane okay. efficiency, too. Okay, okay. Denver scheme is trying to is trying to match up with the shooters and basically sagging off either Green, Peyton, whoever the other player is. And they're leaving a guy in the corner to defend Wiggins. They're not leaving Wiggins. So now we got to go to Wiggins for a minute. Wiggins is a perfect fit for that group because he don't shot hunt. He stays in the flow. He guards all five positions, and he makes plays. If you take Wiggins off and bring Kaminga in that situation, Kaminga might hurt those shooters, but when he catches the ball sticks, he's always driving in the lane, and he holds, and he holds the ball. You see the different dynamic there? Wiggins, yeah. and Green, Wiggins and Green is what makes that three-guard lineup work. You take one of those two out of there, I'm not sure it works. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. Um, I've been a big Wiggins fan throughout most of the season. He, you know, regular season, he had uh, a, a pretty brutal stretch post All Star break where his offensive numbers took a dip. But as far as, you he know, being, down, the, being the best defender and, and rebounding, assisting, he doesn't need the ball in his hands. He doesn't complain, right? No, There's no, no drama. No, like, you, see, need, no, you need those role players. No, see, he's like a Mikel Bridges. See, here's what people don't understand. They want the five best players out there. Well, when you got three guards scoring 80 points on 48 shots, the last thing you want is another player holding the ball or taking shots. You don't want that. That, that don't work. Because then the next thing you know, that shooter's taking shots from either pool or staff. That's, you don't want that. Right. Not with the way they're shooting the ball. <laughs> I mean, no. Jordan Poole's like, you know, missing but, three shots a game and scoring 30. But, that, but now it, when you get to round two – Either team the Warriors play, I'm sure it's going to be Memphis, but either one they draw, you're going to see a lot more Kaminga and less belly in that series because of athleticism. That that series is a bad matchup for belly. Yeah, so that, that was kind of a good segue. So I am kind of curious your thoughts um, in round two, if you feel like it's, you know, how feasible is it that this efficiency from the three-guard lineup is going to continue and, and how, you know, do you think Kerr will be able to continue – rolling out that that five man of Steph Clay, Poole, Wiggins, and Draymond. He will, but I think it has to be short minutes and only in closing because let's let's look at Memphis strength. Memphis strength is they're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the NBA. See last yeah, night they play big. Yeah, last night Jokic and Gordon kind of exposed that small lineup in certain spurts. You know, once George uh, once uh, Aaron Gordon got the ball in the block, we had nothing for him. See, so yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, and they went away from that. That's that's been Denver's problem, right? For five minutes or so per per game, they look like that they can, you know, make this a contest. But the Warriors are playing forty eight minutes, well, pretty no consistent. Jokies is the only thing they really got. I mean, Gordon's come and go a little bit, but they just don't have no, you know, Jokies. Jokies is gassed. They're running so many different bodies at him. They're putting him out on the three-liner elbow extended to guard people they're just they're gassing and he's he just doesn't have any help yet he's still what he, what was he last night 37 18 or 35 17 something like that i mean the guy's amazing right do you think that takes away you know what what most people are saying he's probably going to win back-to-back mvps and just get the first round exit well, and, and well, the struggling against have, the warriors the playoffs have nothing to do with it. it's a regular season award the playoffs have nothing to do with the mvp award i don't know yeah. why people bring that up it, it's a, it's a regular season award. 
as far as I'm concerned, whether it's Giannis, Jokic, or Embiid, either one of them is fine with me. I don't, I don't see the argument. I don't see the pushback on any one of the three that win it. All right, Denver, that's fair enough. Denver's, Denver's going to be a monster though next year. You put Porter and, and you get the Murray back there, they're going to have a good squad. Yeah, they just need some help. So you're kind of getting at um, rotations likely to change in round two, probably facing Memphis, Kaminga, more opportunity. That's Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr mixes and matches matchups, series to series. You might even see some David. Uh, I know people don't want to hear this. You might see some Lee in the next series. Lee plays just, hard, man. I I, I don't does. mind Damian Lee. I mean, yeah, it's annoying when he misses wide open threes. Um, when when he comes in to score off the bench, but he's always fighting. He's my wife and I laugh when we watch the games. He's always getting, he's always falling down on the ground, like fighting for rebounds or defensive positioning. Like he plays really hard. Well, people get caught up. See, sometimes people on our, on my Twitter line get caught up way too much on a player that plays 10 minutes. That player that plays 10 minutes, nine times out of 10 did not, will not going to cost you a game. They're, they're, they're out on the court to eat up minutes so our depth can wear teams down. Now, Memphis has got depth, too, so that, that's going to be a little interesting, you know, dynamic because Memphis kind of matches this player for player as far as bench. I'm not saying abilities. I'm just saying bench numbers. But, you know, people were upset with Kerr after game one about his numbers and playing so many players. That's the Warriors' strength, and they got to get mm-hmm. through they got to win 16 games. And, you, you know, let's face it, Green and Steph, these guys aren't young guys anymore. Right. It's a marathon. And and we're the good thing is I don't I haven't even looked at the numbers. What's Curry playing, 30, 25 to 30 minutes the last three games? Yeah, he's averaging 25 minutes over okay, the what's last Green, three. He played 31 in his last game. What is Draymond doing for the uh, three games minute-wise? Draymond's at 31. See, you, you're play, we played three games and we got two – of our older players with the injuries only playing 30 minutes. That's huge. Yeah, Clay Thompson's playing 34. That was actually, I was going to bring yeah. that up. He's leading the team in minutes, 34 he, through the first he three. Good. He, he looked good last night. Yeah, he did. Also leading in shot attempts, not by much though, 17. Curry's yeah. attempting 16 and pool 14. But you know, everybody's talking about the offense. That game was won last night in the last four minutes with the defense. Right, you have, yeah. You have, you have uh, Steph taking the charge. You have uh, Wiggins contested that shot on Jokic. You have um, Clay had a huge blockout. You have Green with the steal. That's what they won the game with their defense last night in the in the closing. Everybody's talking on the offense, and the offense was great. Let's not forget that. But they won it with the defense stops. Right, and, and that's cr- that's always been the Warriors, right? I mean, the Steve well, Kerr Warriors has always been a defensive first group. Well, see, that's that's another thing people don't realize when they talk to Warriors on their chips. Everybody thinks they want it from the three-line offense. No, they do. They want it. They want it on their defense. I don't. I don't understand how so many people watch the Warriors as Warriors fans that don't understand that. Right. It's just. It's just like the players that they want the Warriors to draft or pick. The Warriors don't do that. They don't want players that can't guard or lick. Right. What would What would Brad Beal be doing right now? <laughs> Nothing. Eating up your cap space. Well. Right. Well. Well. No. Here's what Beal would be doing. Bill would be taking shots away from Steph and Clay, but he'd be doing it just like see here. Clay and Bill are kind of the similar players. They're catch and shoot. Bill puts it on the floor a little more. See, Clay, Steph, and Poole give you a different dynamic in each position. Clay catches and fires. Good mid, uh, good mid range game. 
Steph is ball movement off the ball, playmaker, can shoot off the bounce, and pull attacks you. See, you have three different dynamic type players. So it's, it's tough. You put two guys out there that are basically the same, like a Bill and a Clay, plus Bill can't guard. You know, one thing that we need to talk about too is, is Poole's defense has improved in the last couple of weeks. He really is guard. He's actually – he blew some rotations last night with Belly on the big that he messed up on. But for the most part, he was pretty good last night. Yeah, he's not committing silly fouls. Yeah, he does get beat sometimes. But, yeah, I, I've been pretty impressed as well. I mean, that's that's why Steve Kerr has been able to to give him so many minutes. He's not, he's not um, giving up as many points as he's scoring on the other end. Well, what Kerr did that people miss – when Poole was going through a little ball pounding and not guarding, Kerr set him down. You're right. And, and, and people blew up on that. Kerr don't know how to use him. He's going to lose you. No, Kerr was teaching. If you're not going to defend, you're not going to fly. Yep. And he, com- and he convinced him, okay, I got to guard. And then Green, Green's been, you know, Green's been really a good leader with Poole. I, I, you know, in the past, I've got on Green about his leadership, but let's, let's be honest. Green's been probably the biggest leader for Poole. Besides maybe, I think Steph is a good leader, but Steph doesn't mind closed doors. Right. Yeah, Green lets you know. <laughs> yeah, Green, Green, Green lets it's you not know. Bash, it's not bashful at all. And I think, you know, Steph Curry having that uh, that foot injury was really a blessing in disguise for Poole to just come out and be this start, you know, play the starting point guard and really kind of blossom into this um, elite offensive talent and, and just start this incredible run that he's just been sustaining for the last month plus. And, and I think another thing is getting overlooked. Steph asking to come off the bench when he came back, I think that was all calculated with Kerr and Steph. I think they knew they had a huge problem, like, who are we going to sit? And Steph, you know what? I'm on minutes restrictions. Let me come off the bench and show. If I can come off the bench, you can too. I think that's all calculated. Yeah. I really do. I think that way, if it's Looney or if it's uh, Poole, or even if it's Clay coming off the bench, there's nothing they can say because Steph did it. And, again, I think Steph and Kerr – I think they got together and, and I think it's all calculated. I believe that. And that even goes back to when Steve Kerr took over coaching the Warriors. Um, and same thing with Andre Godot. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's been the so such amazing thing about the Warriors and watching them through this dynastic run and their ups and downs and whatever is like, it's been a team first at approach. And when your best well, players embrace that, so how, does, not, how does everyone not buy in? Let's go to last night's game. Nobody cared who was scoring or making a play. Nobody cared. Everybody did. Everybody had a play. I mean, Wig has lost some closing minutes because Iggy made some plays. So Kerr stayed with Iggy. He didn't sulk. He came in and he made two big, or two, he actually made three huge plays the corner make, the rebound, and the, and the contest on Jokic. He didn't say a word. He got his nine points, 12 points. He stayed out of everybody's way. See, people don't understand the value of a fourth option, staying in the flow, not shot hunting, and not taking shots away from your elite shooters. I don't know why I beat my head against the wall trying to explain that to people, but they want <laughs> they want Williams to have twenty points like the other guys where he's trash. They it just see that uh, the dollar signs next to his name and expect his points to equal millions being paid see, per year. <laughs> see, let me ask you a question: Did his contract matter last night on that May three, the rebound and the contested shot? I think so because no, no, yeah, but I think I think he's I think he's worth the money because if I like we just said earlier, if you don't have Wiggins with this group, this team looks completely different, and you gotta you gotta play Draymond like forty plus minutes a game. Let me ask you a question: 
who's giving you 17, four and two, guarding five positions, but mostly the first option. Stay, don't shut up, stays in the flow, stays out of the shooter's way, and he, and he guards the best option. So what does that market pay? You, I mean, certainly when you really look, if Wiggins is on the free agent market this coming year, what's he going to make? Yeah, probably the same. I mean, yeah, he's going to, he's not taking a pay cut. Yeah. You look at what, you know, look, look what did uh, the, the, what's the kid's name in uh, Dallas that they just signed as, as their defender? Finney he, he Smith. Got a, he got a big payday. He's not yeah. better Wiggins. There's only five to seven players that do what Wiggins do. Yep. People, I don't understand that people, you know, it's just, you know, and, and he's and that, on, he needs, he's just in his prime, right? He's, tw- he's 26, 27. It's not like this guy's 30, 31. Well, Anyways. that's a, you know, another thing the Warriors got. The Warriors are doing all this and they got those three kids sitting over there on the bench. Whether they keep them all or not, they got assets. You know, see here, you know, I had, I had somebody last night make a good point to me. Wiggins and Poole are under contract next year, right? Right. Okay. This guy said, look, you worry about this year, you worry about next year, and then the hell with it. And then you figure it all out. Because after that, you're going to have people who are so much older, you just may have to reboot it, and that's where you make the change. But worrying about who's going to be on this roster next year and the year after is, is stupid. And you know what? I agree with that. You got this year and you got next year to win chips. Then you go figure it out. Yeah, and I think I think Lakeup will will pay up, too, at that point. If you go back-to-back well, chips, we'll see. Well, see, here's, a, and here's the problem Lakeup has. Okay, let's all agree Wiggins has got to go. Okay, well, we better get a 6-7 wing and come back and guard people. Who is that player and how much is that going to cost us? Because if you're getting that 6-7 wing that can guard and you're only paying him 10 to 12 million, he's not that good. Right. See, people don't think this stuff through. And who and who can uh, be the uh, point of attack, or not point of attack, but the floor guard. general. Right, and guard the point of attack. See, as long as Steph and, and, and pulls your backcourt, you better have a wing or two wings that can guard. See, and, and see when I when I look at Steve Kerr from watching him since he's been with the Warriors, you th- you tell me he don't want a Wiggins Kaminga on the wings and defense in certain situations. He wants that athletic wing. Yep, that's that's what he wants. You know, you're back to Livingston and and Iggy and those guys. That's his player. It makes sense, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the uh, desired NBA forward, you know, prototypical prototypical six seven wing forward who can guard one if through four. The, if you watch the NBA playoffs, it's all wings, right? It's about wings. It's about wings. See, that's another thing. I don't understand why people want these two and three small guards and want these guards you can't guard. You know, at least Steph will compete. Steph actually has gotten a lot better defense, but he competes. Some of these guys, like you, you take a look at Mitchell. He don't put no effort in defense. Trey Young, no effort in defense. I mean, we can go up and down the list on guards who are good players that refuse to guard. They're not going to win. Yep. That's why. That's why Bill's been stuck in Washington. He, you know, your best player has to guard. If your best player don't guard, you don't win. Or you're just a regular season team, first round exit right. yeah. team, right? Look at Dallas. Yeah. Dallas or not Dallas? Sorry, Utah. <laughs> Yeah, well, Charlotte's going to go through that right now. Charlotte's got to make a decision, too. They, Charlotte has to make a, a decision this summer. Are we going to be a team that just scores offense and transition, does tricks, or are we going to get players that want to guard and try to have a balance and build around the middle? Because if they don't, they're just going to they're going to entertain you all year, and then when they play in the play, playoffs or playing, they're going to get blasted. Yep. So uh, here's, a, here's a question for you. Um, 
you know, who are you, you know, we're only like two, three games into the first round. So obviously a lot can change, but at this point, who are you most concerned about? Who do you think is going to give the Warriors the most trouble in the West and potentially in the East as well? You know, that's a that's an interesting question. You know, if you'd asked me this question a week ago or two weeks ago, I think my answer is different than probably what I'm going to tell you now. You know, that's just a, right now the way the Warriors are playing. I'm not sure. I think it's the war in the West before we get to the Western Conference Finals. I think the next round is for the Warriors to lose. I think I would prefer Minnesota because I think Memphis, even if you beat Memphis. I think they get physical with you and get some skin off of you. And, and I think they, I think it goes six games and it's a tough six game. Whereas I think Minnesota's more up and down pace and, you know, softer basketball. They don't have anybody that's going to pound you. Memphis has got some dogs that will pound you a little bit. So I guess. Yeah, Stephen Adams. Yeah, and Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix to me is a team to beat. I mean, that's the team the Warriors are going to have to beat. Booker should be fine by then, but even then, they, st- they got players over there. They're a good basketball team. And in the East, after listening to Embiid's situation and Middleton's situation, I guess, I don't know. I think the Celtics are the team that's going to come out. I don't know. You know, the net, in the net, if the Nets win the next two games, then everything changes. Yeah, right. That's the thing. Right? It's best of seven. Yeah. So things no, no, can, no. If the, script if, the net, if the Nets win the next two games, then that whole thing is just changed. It's split. And that's very possible. Very possible. You know, Nets haven't been playing that well. You know, but Boston's a team. I, I think of all the teams I don't want the Warriors to play right now, it would be Boston because they match up with his, with the, the length, the speed, and the strength, and they switch everything. And now they got Williams back. They, they, they're a little physical. I mean, if you go back and watch the Warriors Celtics games the last couple of years, they always, even though we beat them, they always get physical. Yep. They're, they're Marcus yeah. yeah, they're they're physical. So, but that's probably you know what if 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 you put a gun in my head today, I would say Warrior Celtics. And I'm being emotional. If I'm being logic, I'd probably say Bucks and Suns. But Middleton's injury is a problem, so I don't. Who knows? You know the the injuries are starting to pile up again. Right. I feel like we dodged a bullet too. You saw Draymond turn his ankle a little bit. He that. played thirty, looked good. You know, Poole's got the shooting sleeve on his yeah. uh on his left arm now so I, I i like what you said about you know trying to avoid memphis because you know i think we could take care of them but you go to like six or seven games and you're going to take some damage from them for sure yeah. and this this team's older than they were before yeah. you know than they've been in years past so you know a memphis little bit will, fresh yeah go ahead memphis will get some skin off of you. you'll beat them but they'll get some skin off of you Right. And, you know, you got Curry, Clay, and Green, you know, haven't been to the playoffs in a few years, so they're a little bit fresher, but also older in their career. So, And the guard, and the guard opposite of uh, Ja, I forget, what's his name? The one that was Dylan there? Brooks or uh, Ty Jones? Yeah, Brooks. Ty Jones. Brooks. Brooks gets physical with Curry. I don't want Curry facing that for six games. If I could yeah, play. yeah. Memphis is Memphis gets real fired up for the Warriors going back to the exactly. Iguodala trade. <laughs> exactly. All that shade. Exactly. It gets a little personal. It gets a little physical. And that's not something I want to see. Yeah, I think but, um, I was rooting for Minnesota um, last night. That was quite the uh, the meltdown for them. Well, youth, kids. That's why, Kurt, you know, people are talking about Kurt playing Kaminga. 
Kerr's old school. They don't, you know, those old school guys like Phil, LeBron, and Kerr. Those guys don't want kids in the, when it matters, when it's the grown man. They don't trust them. It's right. The what did it take for Poole? Three years? And and even then, oh, yeah. this season, like we just said, he, he had to earn it. Even this season, even when the opportunity was there, it was now you're going to come off the bench. We're not just going to give you 35 plus minutes. You got to play hard. You got to play both sides. Well, Kerr knew what he had with Poole, and he knew Poole was a talent. But Kerr also knew Poole was playing the game at times the wrong way. And, and Kerr just put his feet down and said, you're not going to play this way. And and to respect to Poole, he bought in. He, You know, he didn't like it, but he bought in. And, and you see it now, Poole. You know, if you got Poole aside a month from now and, and sit down with him, I think he would tell you, you know, I think the game where I really noticed it was the Dallas game when they blew the lead at, at Golden State. That that loss was on pool. He came out in the third quarter and just ball pounded. Didn't he killed the offense? Killed the floor. And Kurt benched him. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that's the game you'll point back to if you if you had pool sitting have a coffee with him. He'd say, you know what? Yeah, pool got it. Or Kurt got into me that night, and that's when I figured it out. I, I just think that's you know that's just a guess, but. I would like to hear that conversation. Yeah. I have kind of an off topic, uh, but related question for you as we're talking about kind of Kurt and um, trying to build trust in his players or pushing them to, to earn his trust. Um, James Wiseman, um, who obviously, you know, didn't play this year, kind of a interesting player, very controversial. Um, but on that same note of, you know, Kerr being old school, not liking guys to just kind of go out and play through mistakes and kind of having expectations, but yet his rookie season, uh, this is for James Wiseman, you know, you'd Steve Kerr come out and say, you know, Wiseman's not going to start. And then all of a sudden, you know, partially through the season, he is starting, had some good games, had some really bad games, you know, jury's still out on, on what kind of player, he will become for the Warriors or what the Warriors should do with him. But I am curious to get your take on um, was that Steve Kerr or was that pressure from front office or how do you kind of feel about that? That's a loaded question. We, I got a lot. We're gonna, there's a lot of answers to what you asked. Let's go back to the beginning. Wiseman came out of high school. He didn't play no summer league, no college. He comes into camp. The young man, whoever coached him or prepped him did not prepare him. He, couldn't, he didn't even know how to set a screen. The game was too fast for him because he went from high school to the NBA. And Kerr sat there and watched and said, this is unfair to this young man. This young man is seven foot two, raw athletic, got a lot of athleticism. I'm not going to chase wins to make people happy to bury this kid. So he took him out. Well, I think the front office said, no, we're not going to do that. Come on. This kid's got to play. And I think he got pressure. So I think Kerr said, okay, I'm going to play. F you. And he played him. He played Watermaker, and he did all he did. And he, the mistake he made, he should have never said public. I'm not chasing wins. He should have kept that private. But Kerr sat there, looked at that roster, and said, "There's no way in hell we're going to beat anybody in the playoffs. I'm not going to do this." And that's, I think, where the friction, where the friction came between Kerr and upstairs. I think Kerr and upstairs had a little beef over, over. Wiseman, I think they had to be former Watermaker. Kerr didn't want Watermaker. That's not his player. So Kerr played him on purpose to show him this guy can't play. See, people got <laughs> people. No, people got mad at Kerr for playing Watermaker. Yeah. If you if you if you really get into the backstory, Kerr was showing everybody this kid this kid can't play. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
No, he it doesn't make sense front, when you put it like he, that. Yeah. Yeah, he was showing in front of us. You gave me this garbage. This is what you gave me. Yeah, this was the this yeah, was the free no, agent signing that no, you got. <laughs> you know, it's like let's go back to even with uh, an AAU coach with a parent. The parent play my kid, play my kid. You know what? Right. You want me? You want me to play your kid? Okay, I'm gonna show you. And then you go put her kid out there or his kid out there in the first ten minutes, and then they, oh, oh, my kid ain't ready for this. See, sometimes you have to show people. This is not working here. I'm gonna show you. But see, everybody gets caught up and see Kurt, when you when you go back and look at Kurt's history where that guy, the chair that guy is set in, he has seen how to win chips from the best. He knows what that looks like. He knew last year's team wasn't no good, but Warriors wanted to run Steph Curry in the ground, blow blow him up, playing 40 minutes, chase wins, and then get their ass smoked in the first round. And Kurt said, I'm not gonna do it. And then and then people got mad because first playing Wanamaker. No, he was playing Wanamaker to show Bob Myers in his front office, get this guy out of here. And what did they do at the trade deadline last year? They got rid of him. Correct? Yep. That was yeah, he went, to, he went to Charlotte. <laughs> exactly, because Kerr showed him, get this guy out of here. Because they didn't believe him when Kerr wasn't playing him, so he played him. The guy couldn't even make a layup with the Warriors. See, so Kerr does a lot of backstories, dynamic things during the season that drives Warriors Twitter nuts. But they don't understand the backstory, and it, it and it drives me nuts because I I have enough experience to understand a backstory. That doesn't mean I'm always right, but at least I have an idea what's going on. And when, you know, when Kurt said he wasn't chasing wins, I, I when I figured that out is when Looney said they had to have a tape session to teach guys how to set screens. That's <laughs> when I that's when I got the message. Okay, okay, this is what this is about. But now, is Wiseman controversial? It's only Wiseman's only controversial to people who haven't been in the game around young bigs with athleticism. Young bigs with athleticism take time; they take forever. See, a lot of people think Wiseman was picked over Lamelo. See, I don't believe that. I believe Lamelo wasn't picked. First of all, because I don't—I'm not sure Kerr was thrilled about the way he plays. But if we're going to talk about players, I think LaMelo wasn't picked because of pool and green. You think Kerr's taking a ball out of green's hands and going to hand it to a kid, LaMelo? Hell no. That ain't going to happen. Right. And, and they knew they had pool there. So why has it made the most sense because of his size athleticism? Because what would – let's go back to LaMelo. Let's say they draft LaMelo. Okay. Is LaMelo who he is today? Is pool who he is today? I don't know the no, answer. To no that. way. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Now, the other question is today, not three years from now, today, who's a better player, Poole or LaMelo, in the playoffs and half-court basketball? Poole. So what is – see, people don't – see, this is what drives me nuts. People don't – when I people got mad at me when I said LaMelo don't fit. I didn't say LaMelo can't play. LaMelo's going to be a star. Yeah, 100%. But is he going to be a winner? I don't know, but he's going to be a star. But he didn't fit the Warriors because they weren't going to take the ball out of Green's hands. Kerr don't play with traditional point guard. Kerr wants his trigger man to be his best defender. That's the pot, that's the Phil Jackson theory. They want their trigger man to be a good defender so you don't have to waste a player. They don't use tr- traditional point guards in the triangle and, and read and react. I, so I, I just was confused when I said he don't fit. Everybody lost their mind saying I'm yeah. an idiot. Lamelo does fit with every team because he's a passer. That is true. But he's not going to get the minutes with Steve Kerr as a young kid with the Warriors with Draymond Green sitting there as a trigger man, like he would have gotten in Charlotte. And also, you think like I think for for Jordan Poole, the 
the huge story for him is how much work he's put in since his rookie season. He talked about how he was, you know, near, you know, teetering on being out of the league in his first year. Um, and since then he's been, you know, the most well, consistent warrior in the gym working on his game. Well, see, I never bought that. He's going to be out of the league the first year. See, I fought everybody on that too. The problem that pool had when he first came in pool got fed to the fire when all the team was all G league players. Everybody got hurt and he wasn't ready for that. And he, he was like, why the speed right. of the game bothered. He wasn't used to the speed. They had to send him down to the G League to get his confidence, reboot, and then he came back and he was fine. He got fed to the fire. It wasn't fair to him. See, there's just so many things. See, ever people don't understand development takes time. Uh, and I, you know, the Warriors develop a lot of players, and people say the Warriors don't know how to develop players. That's mind-boggling to me. They develop clay, they develop Draymond. They develop pool. I mean, the list goes on and on. Look what they've done for Wiggins. It's, it's yeah. just, it's mind-boggling to me. But, you know, a lot of people gave me a lot of heat on LaMelo, and I think LaMelo's going to be a star. I want to be clear to when people listen to this. But he was not going to get the keys and the ball in his hands with Draymond Green on that team. That you, you, Last night, who do you think is going to have the ball, Draymond Green or LaMelo? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's mind-boggling to me. Now, three years down the road, we can come back to this discussion, and I wouldn't be shocked if, if Lamelo was better than Paul. That would not shock me. But today, it's not close. Paul's a much better player than Lamelo today. Lamelo can't score in a half court in playoff basketball. That's a fact. He can score in transition, but he can't score. Paul can score. Paul can score two on two, three on three, half court, full court, anywhere you want. Paul can get a bucket on you. Yep. So I, I don't know this, you know, and if I'm on an island and everybody disagrees with it, so be it. I'm not changing. Yeah, I respect that. And I mean, I think, you know, just to be clear, I'm, I'm still supportive of James Wiseman. I think, you know, I, I don't think the Warriors should go out and trade him. I think, you know, no. it's so hard to get, it's so hard to get good bigs. Why, why would you do that? Right. First of all, you don't have to. First of all, you don't have to. See, that's another thing we can go back to. Everybody wanted to trade Wiggins. Everybody wanted to trade Pool. Everybody wanted to trade Wiseman. Everybody wanted to trade the picks, because they we all what the, what was their reason? The window, right? Right. You're well, wasting we Steph no, Curry's prime. Okay. Well, we didn't trade nobody, and here we are with the window wide open. You, you see, you see, see, people got to understand the Warriors, the Warriors front office and, and Kerr, those guys, they're just smarter than all of us because that's what they do. But yet we got people telling you, no, we got to do this. We got no, stop. And they'll make mistakes, right? We just said the, the well, no, everybody maker makes and right. So it's not every, to say that they're perfect, yeah. but no, everybody makes mistakes. You well, you, gotta, you I, lay I out your plan help. and you stick to the strategy and you don't you know you don't let outside pressure deter you. Let's go back to last night. Did you hear them talking about why how, why the Warriors side uh, Porter? Um, no, I think I missed that segment. He played at Georgetown. Georgetown runs a similar system. He knew the system and knew how to screen and cut. Warriors are looking for the high IQ player that knows how to set screens, how to be cutters, and how to play basketball the right way. They're looking for a certain player. They're not looking for knuckleheads. Now, sometimes they have to take knuckleheads because they're under strap. Watermaker was a situation like that. They, they were looking for players with that would play for $25. Right. <laughs> and, that, and see, that, and that's another thing our fan base wants. They want a lot of production out of minimum players. There's a reason why they're minimum players. Yep. So that's where I'm at. But, you know, LaMelo's IQ and talent, I mean, the guy's 
you know, he's a generational, he's a generational talent. But when you start asking to be for him to be a young kid and lead a team that's trying to win an NBA chip with Draymond Green on there, I don't know, not so fast. Pump your brakes. And people that want to take the ball out of Draymond Green's hands, they don't watch the Warriors. That's not going to happen. And let's see in five years where uh, James Wiseman's at versus Lamelo Ball. Different positions, but. Yeah. see what kind of impact I, each yeah. of them is having for their I respective mean, teams. I mean, Lamella, the situation with Lamella, he could be a very good player or he could be a player who just had injuries and it is what it is. But but that pick don't cost him. See, everybody this year is talking Wiseman cost him a chip. No, it didn't. Here we are Here we are today. Is Wiseman going to cost you a chip? No. Did not drafting Lamella going to cost you a chip? No. Did trading for Bill cost you a chip? No. I mean, the nonsense that we hear, is it's its wild to me. And what would any other big who would have been brought in on a minimum or we would have traded for or anything, well, what would they have done? Nothing. They wouldn't short, have played. No. <laughs> short-minute role player at best. So why would you give up a future talent for a short-minute role player? Like, Belly plays 10 to 12 minutes, right? Right. That, okay. You're going to trade that to get another player to play 10 to 12 minutes? That's, that's nuts. Who does that? Who can switch? Who can handle? Who can shoot? Regardless, pass, you're right? not. Regardless, you're not trading seven foot two at raw athleticism for a ten minute backup big for, for short minutes. Nobody does that. You don't trade six seven two way player for a six three scoring guard who can't guard. Nobody does that. The only teams that do that are lottery teams. They do it all the time. <laughs> the Kings. Like, look, look at Jalen Brunson right now. Now that's a small guard. I will take on my team. I wouldn't want him as a starter, but I'm taking him on my team. Everybody's blowing him now. Oh, this guy, only if the Knicks can get him. Only if this thing can get him. People, he's playing against the worst perimeter defense in the NBA, the Utah Jazz. And that team is broken, fractured, and they don't guard nobody. Slow. Everybody needs to, everybody reacts from what they see the last 20 minutes. You know, it's just wild to me. I guess I'm too old. I, I've seen it too much. I've seen, you know, I, I, knee, knee, you know, I mean, I, I read tweets this year. Oh, Pulls an all star. Kaminga's better. I mean, uh, Wiggins is an all-star. Kaminga's better than Wiggins right now. No, he's not. Stop. <laughs> I mean, Kaminga's had flashes for sure. No, just incredible hey. upside. But but Wiggins has been the most well, consistent warrior. Nobody's a bigger Kaminga fan than I. And his upside is his upside is huge. I mean, his upside is bigger than Wiseman. But he lacks court awareness. He he lacks off-ball defense. He's good on-ball defense. But he lack, the reason why he's not playing Denver series is he lack he's he lacks off ball defense and the Warriors are trying to take away cutters. He will turn his head and his men will cut for layups all night long. Yep, that's what, that's why he's not getting minutes. But Kaminga is you know he's a talent, but he's just not ready yet. I mean the guy the guy don't even know how to play yet, and look what he's done. He's just see that's Wiseman. He's raw, athletic. He don't even know how to play yet. I mean, can you imagine Wiseman, Kaminga, and a Wiggins running the floor on a front line with a pool? <laughs> That's scary. And Moody, don't forget Moody. Yeah, yeah I think we, Moody's yeah, pretty need. good too. Less op- like less opportunity it. to show his stuff, but I like what I like he's been Moody. doing: attacking the rim, um, getting rebounds, getting like open his threes. Size. Yeah, I like right. his size. He reminds me of uh, 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 Jay Rich for the Warriors a little bit. Interesting. All right, Sam, I appreciate you having me on. I got to bounce because I got to go watch an AAU game. Yeah, hey, no worries. I really appreciate having you on, man. It's a good chat, and I liked your uh, liked your takes. And uh, well, I'm sure it. my Lamelo, I'm sure my Lamelo takes will get some heat, but 
It's okay. <laughs> All right, man. Goes. Thanks. You take Bye, care. Man. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. Hey, quickly before we sign off, we also want to remind you all to use coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our pals at mybokey.ag. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. Please give me a follow on Twitter if you haven't already at SD Orlick. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll catch you on the next one.